Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Otter Fishing. Today on the show, I've got a very interesting guest who is a bit of a powerhouse human. Uh, Penny Elliott is a business coach. She's a published author. She's a multi Iron Man, Iron Woman, Iron Person, and marathon runner, real estate marketer, and uh, just seems to have this endless supply of activity. So I'm really interested to find out how Penny manages to get everything into one day. Uh, thank you for joining us on the show. Welcome, Penny. Hi, it's great to be here. Uh, so yeah, it sounds like you um, try and squeeze a hell of a lot into a single day. Uh, tell us, you know, how are you able to achieve so much? What's your secret? Do you just never sleep or what's the... <laughs> no, actually, I prioritise sleep. If I don't have sleep, I'm an absolute troll. Um, I'm not a very nice person to be around. So sleep is really important. Um, how do I fit everything in? I guess I don't spend a lot of time watching TV. Um, and mm -hmm. I always try and um, habit stack. I guess that's kind of quite a a vogue thing at the moment to talk about, but I've always done it. So I will like brush my hair while I'm driving or um, I will try and do two or three things at once. I don't muck around with um, blow drying my hair and lots of these like glamorous like um, things. I just crack on and get the next thing done. Um, and my mum right. always said to me, don't go anywhere empty handed. So like if you're walking, you know, so it, it's not like, oh, I need to do this now. It's like you're kind of doing it as, as you're going. Um, and then I guess on a higher level, that's like on a macro level, on a higher level, I've just always set really big goals. And once I've um, decided mm -hmm. I want to do something, um, I move hell and high water until it's done. And uh, so, for example, for Ironman, which you're allowed to say Iron Man. It's not a Me Too thing. Is it, is it? Um, it's a brand. <laughs> um, so, you can never um, be too safe, I think. Oh, I know, right? Um, so for Iron Man, um, I really wanted to go to the World Champs. It took me nine years. 18 Iron Mans wow. later, I was at the World Champs. 18? So, mm -hmm. Far out. So <laughs> I didn't give up. Um, I just kept pushing on. And I think that um, a lot of people these days think that things happen overnight because we live in such a, a fast gratification yeah fast moving world yeah, yeah right oh i put a post up oh someone didn't like it i'll put another post up someone will like it you know like it's really like that but a lot of things that you really really want take a take a bit longer so yeah, yeah that's really interesting and, and uh, so when you set a goal which i guess is you've got your operational level day-to-day -day penny cyclone penny moving through with habit stacking doing five things at once uh but then when you sort of you know picked something like a like an Ironman or a marathon uh you know do you say right I've got a, a time frame you know talk me through uh because I think a lot of our listeners probably challenged by goal setting and a lot of us I don't know me personally I'm one of those shiny bright light guys you know like I'll see something and go oh that's interesting let me do that for a bit and then I'll see something else and uh and then you know, days later, I'll get back to the thing that I was doing first and tidy that off. And so, yeah, uh, talk us around how you help people set goals and, and, and put a plan in place and all that sort of stuff. Uh, well, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, come back to your why. Um, but I find that quite an external push. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it depends on what your why is, I guess. But um, 
The biggest thing that makes me finish a goal is if it's really expensive to get into it. So an Ironman entry fee is like a thousand dollars or more. Yeah, um, and right. so I don't so want money to, down. You're in, you know. <laughs> yeah, quids in, you're in, right? Um, yeah. I don't want to muck around and waste that amount of money. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a body sculpting bikini category competition, so not too hard out. Um, and it cost me two thousand dollars for my bikini. So I'm not going to eat that. that cookie because um, <laughs> I don't want to stand on stage looking anything but the best I possibly can because it's cost me $2,000 for my bikini, right? So right. I think um, that's a real driver for me for goals. Um, so you need to individually find out what it is that makes it a non-negotiable. So mm-hmm. it might be... Um, telling all your friends you know like when you give up smoking apparently you tell everyone that you've given up smoking so that if anyone catches you with a cigarette they're like i thought you'd given up you know and it's like Mm -hmm. that that kind of shame of it Um, yeah 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 so i think um like when you're setting goals in business for example because most of your listeners are have you know have um, businesses it's about telling everyone about it um including your customers including your parents, including everyone. And no matter how, the more ridiculous the goal and the harder it is to tell people, the Mm -hmm. more you will stick to it because then people actually become part of your journey. So for an Ironman, for example, I've told, I told everyone about it when I first was doing it. (laughs) A funny side note, this guy was trying to take me on dates and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't go out. I'm doing this thing called an Ironman. Not tonight, Josephine. I'm training. <laughs> yeah, and little did I know he was one of like New Zealand's best Ironman athletes. He was like, if you're training no for way. an Ironman, you can still come out for dinner. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I've got a, a training session in the morning. He was like, I'll see you at the pool. <laughs> but, you know, people come on your journey, and I think that that really helps you stick to your goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you become yeah. a bit accountable, I guess, when – other people have got a vested interest in that goal as well. Um, I'm, I'm one of those sorts of people. I like to rally a team around a goal and then I feel yeah. like I'm responsible to lead that team towards that goal. Um, and it could be something really small, like let's have a barbecue this Saturday, or it might be something you know quite massive uh, where we're trying to achieve a certain milestone um, with the business. And uh, you know, the other thing I find helpful, which is not always the easiest thing to do, is to kind of reverse engineer the goal. So I go backwards. Do you do that? Like, find the end game, what does the goal look like, and then work your way back to where you are now and, and try and see what the, the steps are that you need to kind of, what the, the micro milestones maybe might be in between. Um, yes, but sometimes they change. So, for example, I wrote a book. Um, it's, um, it's on Amazon. It was the number one bestseller on there, um, but I haven't been promoting it for a bit. Um, got to, but, you can plug it. Plug it away. What's the book called? Can you, quick, <laughs> it's called Get My Mention. Um, so of course. yeah, <laughs> so, but I think, um, sometimes a goal can seem like really massive and you don't know all the steps on the way. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, I didn't know what all the steps were to publishing my book. Obviously you've got to write the words, but I didn't know a lot of the, like the layout, the design, how you put it into a, um, a Kindle version, who did all that kind of stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. I, like I think sometimes people think that it needs to be this like linear path to the goal so this is the big goal this is the steps that you take and then if people don't know those steps that they want to take to get that big goal Mm -hmm. they don't do it because they don't understand they they go oh well I don't know how to get there so I'm not going to do it 
So sometimes yeah. it's good to have like gaps in your ladder, you know, in the rungs and mm-hmm. go, I'll work that out as, as I move on, you know. Sure. Um, so, for example, when I decided to do my first Ironman, I got a coach, which is obviously a totally reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. I also got um, a nutritionist because I knew that like the food thing was going to be pretty important. Sure. No one wants to be like thrown up on the side of the road. Um, and I also got a sports psychologist because I knew that if my mind was strong, my body could go anywhere because um, it's your mm-hmm. mind that gives up before your body does generally. Um, so I got those sort of things and through those people – that's how I got the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step to the top to that main goal of finishing my first Ironman. Um, so, yeah. So, so that's about that. bringing in expertise that you don't necessarily have so that when you hit those problems in your, in your, in your journey towards your goal, mm. there's someone you can tap into and say, right, I don't know how to solve this. And they go, well, I do. And then you can, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and these days there's absolutely no reason why you can't find the answer to anything. Everyone, there is an expert for everything now. Um, and, you know, you just need to do a Google search and you can find a whole load of information. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's really important to, um, as you said, rally around a team of people around you. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's the same with any goal, you know, and then they can help fill in a lot of the rungs. Or otherwise, you might have thought that you need to do this, 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 and this, and then you get someone to help you, and they go, oh, no, I'll take care of this. You can just go straight to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That helps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, um, I just find for me, like, my big, uh, hairy, audacious goal for this year, um, which I managed to achieve, was I, I graded for my fourth damn black belt, which I don't know if, if you're too familiar with martial right. arts, but for people who are listening that are, fourth dan's a pretty big one. Um so it was, you know, more than a year of build up, but we had the whole, we had three months, like the three months leading up to my grading day, we were locked down. So I had to figure out how to, yeah. So I was on my own lockdown and the date was locked in. So we're committed to this, to this process. And so suddenly I had to adapt what is normally very much a group environment kind of thing, right? You go to the, mm. the, the dojang and, and you train with other people. And we were doing this sort of regular weekly or, or, or a few sessions a week with the same people who were also looking to go for their next kind of kind of belt. And so we built this team and then suddenly we, that team was removed, you know, because yeah. of, you know, thanks COVID. And uh, we had to adapt. So what we ended up doing was having these Zoom sessions where we would all train together on a Zoom call and, uh, and that kept us all accountable and, and, and it made me feel like, uh, more motivated to achieve my goal because I didn't want to let the other people down who were also trying to achieve their goal. So I took mm-hmm. on, I guess, a bit of the responsibility of other people trying to achieve their goal and felt like if, if, I, if I didn't sort of step up and, 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 and proactively participate in that, I might impact other people's ability to, to sort of get there. So, yeah, that really worked for me, but it was a really fucking strange environment, man, like trying to adapt and, you know, I guess that's been probably the, the, the take-home word for 2021, certainly in our part of the world. But um, it, since March last year, right, it's been adapt has been the, the, the kind of the focal point. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how that impacted you because I know you um, have had some changes through the last, or like I guess everybody has in the last couple of years. How did uh, heading into your first pandemic uh, affect you? Well, um, quite a lot has changed um, since the very, uh, because the first case 
came into New Zealand on February the 28th because that was my birthday. So I remember thinking, ooh, that doesn't sound very good. Um, <laughs> so can we blame you, Penny? Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it wasn't bad. Um, but I thought we'd be best to have drinks for my birthday, which was good because the second time my birthday came around was the day that um, Jacinta flew down to Wellington at like 8 p.m. on a Friday, on a Saturday night. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look good either. I bet my mm-hmm. birthday's cancelled tomorrow, and it was. Um, so a lot's changed. Um, I separated from my from my husband. Um, so mm-hmm. I was not one of those people that had another baby during lockdown. I was one of those people that went, see you later. Um, so that was a big, big change. And then um, wow. work-wise, yeah, um, I've got like, I think Josh was there about 15-month-old baby as well. So that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... One of the big changes that I think COVID has brought for me is the fact that actually you can do so much on your own. So we've just talked a whole lot about having all these people help support you. Um, But also, I think what it's really taught us is, um, is to slow down. You know, like so many people were burning the candle at either end and halfway, you know, they're sticking wicks in the middle of the mm-hmm. candle and burning it <laughs> and um, and getting really annoyed with people and grouchy and just not taking time out. Um, and so mm-hmm. while it's not a holiday being at home with a child and trying to work and, you know, do it all, it's also was really nice to um, see people out having picnics together and, you know, just spending time with their family and, appreciating what the other person does in the relationship at home. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really think that a lot of, um, and this is a gross generalization and please nobody like (laughs) shoot me for this. (laughs) No joking here, it's a safe zone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But a lot of the time, um, you know, women say, oh, you work so much, you're always bloody working, you're never spending any time with the family, la, 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 whinge, 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 whinge. And the, and the male of the relationship or the, you know, the one that's always working all the time is like, oh, you know, like, you think you've got it really hard at home, I have to go to work, ring, 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 ring. And just kind of a little bit nitpicky and like bargaining time on the weekends and things like that. Oh, you look after the kids, I looked after them all week, me, 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 me. And now we've all been piled into one big house together People can understand, actually, shit, he's on Zoom calls all day long. That poor guy mm-hmm. needs a break. Like, and yeah. then he can say, oh, my God, those kids drive her fucking mad all day, every day. <laughs> oh, my God, I don't mm-hmm. know how she even gets dinner on the table. And so I think there's been a lot of um, understanding that's evolved over the past two years. Um, yeah, and I think that in business-wise, there's been a lot more um, – support and rallying around keeping it local um really understanding that you know if these people if your local cafe has been closed for so many weeks and months and so much interruption like i think there's a lot more compassion for people just in general and i think um so on a humanitarian level i think that's really wonderful on a business level people have realized that face-to-face is not the only way to do business. And New Mm -hmm. Zealand was really, really, like I lived in England for nine years and to have a meeting with someone, it was quite normal to try and do it over a phone call or a Zoom or, you know, a conference call. Remember when you had the phone in the middle and Mm you tape it around the boardroom table? That was quite normal. Triangular shape thing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, you couldn't drive everywhere. I mean, it's hours driving places. 
But in New Zealand, when I came back, um, people were like, oh, I'll catch up for a coffee. I'm like, no, I've already had nine coffees today. Can you just talk to me on the phone and do the freaking deal? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think New Zealand has really had to up its game of being yeah, yeah. able to interact and create relationships without seeing people's faces, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and, 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 it's, and, and, and before people were like, oh, Instagram, Facebook, either it's too hard basket, I don't need it, or it's just for pretty pictures, um, mm-hmm. or it's just advertising. And now people understand that it's actually about creating a community. And you don't have to have a shop door open and talk to hundreds of people every day to still keep sales coming in. You right. can do it all online. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that was the the big lesson. I mean, I was working for a digital transformation agency when COVID kicked in, and uh, you know those guys just skyrocketed. I think we doubled in size during the pandemic because suddenly everybody needed to figure out how the fuck do I do what I do face to face now via the internet? How do I make my product available? Uh, you know, how do I protect my service when I can't yeah. have, you know, face-to-face meetings? So there was a lot of this sudden and urgent need to understand the digital behaviour of, of customers and, and figure out what that means, in a, in a, you know, to a lot of businesses. And I think, um, <clears throat> I think you're right. Uh, one of the things that I've certainly felt has become a lot more prevalent and it's a really positive outcome of this whole crazy pandemic is, you know, you have these Zoom meetings because you're locked in your house and suddenly you're getting to meet, you know, your colleague's husband or your colleague's kids or, you know, the cats on the, the screen and everybody's in T-shirts and it suddenly it's changed all of the sort of pretense that kind of goes around this work-life differentiation, you know, like that's my work persona and I, and I you know, I have a shower in the morning and I put on my work persona and I go to work and I be the work guy and then I come mm. home and I have my home persona and I think, this whole situation has opened everybody's eyes or certainly mine to you don't need to have a work persona everybody's in the same boat and suddenly everybody's a lot more relatable and things feel like you know everything a lot of that pretense and bullshit that smoke and mirrors that that goes on has suddenly been unveiled and we're now living in a very different kind of much more human uh, way and so that was a big one and the other one is suddenly you value the things that you took for granted. And I know that's such a cliche fucking thing to say, but it's the truth, right? Like um, like you were saying, just the ability to, to go to the local park and suddenly you see there's, there's, you know, you're passing 20 or 30 people, whereas pre-COVID you'd go to the park and be nobody there, you know? And so yeah. the little interactions like being able to go to your local, you know, cafe and grab a cup of coffee, you know, seems like such a simple and normal thing to do. But when you can't, suddenly you realize how valuable those little little things in your life are um so so i think there's been a lot of realignment around that as well yeah i think um i think also a lot of people have realized that um that you can work from home and the work output is just as good even if you are hanging the washing out you know Mm -hmm. and you are like you know getting the online grocery order in and putting it in the fridge, you know, it's not going to actually slow business down. And before, um, you know, when I, especially when I was in the, in the UK and I said, Oh, look, I'm I'm working from home today. They'd be Mm -hmm. like, well, wow. You know, and ring me 900 times to see if I was actually working. And I'm like, I'm actually getting a whole lot more done here because you guys aren't interrupting me, you know? Um, And I don't have the hour commute either way. And yeah. Yeah. I think that was the big surprise is we all actually work better working mm. from home. Um, and, whoa, what a surprise when you don't have to 
spend an hour each side of your workday, you know, getting ready and traveling to and from a, a, a place to sit in front and look at another at a computer screen. And I know that yeah. we're, we're being generalist. Uh, there's a lot of businesses that don't do that, but uh, but for the most part, I think everybody kind of figured out. Oh, well, you actually can do this. You know, there's there's some ways around this mm-hmm. stuff, and maybe it's more efficient, and maybe we should keep doing it. And the changing environment of office spaces, the changing environment of all of that stuff is is a, a kind of um, byproduct of that, right? Like, I drive through downtown CBD Auckland now is like a ghost town. Uh, you know, there's yeah. so many places available for lease. Uh, and obviously mm. that's partly due to the fact that foot traffic's gone and a lot of places have, have, have suffered as a result. But also I think a lot of businesses have figured out we don't fucking need to spend 150 grand a year on an office downtown. Mm. We could probably spend 20 grand a year on some, you know, office sharing kind of places so people have got meeting rooms and shit if they need them. But for the rest of the the, the, the part, we can probably mostly work from home and people prefer it. So, And also they can put more of that office rent money into... Um, staff satisfaction you know like they uh, some of my friends who do work in the city they said look we're not going back until January there's just no point in coming back for a couple of weeks and then everyone goes away on holiday mm-hmm. you know and you have to start the fruit basket and the cleaners and the you know it's all that stuff that goes with it as well and the coffee mm-hmm. machine man and the photocopier dude because the photocopier always breaks um, and you know the printer always goes down and um, so they don't need to do all that sort of stuff. So they actually all got sent, you know, um, these like hamper, to, um, drink hampers and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that that they could actually do for their staff and actually stuff like, well, hey, I'd much rather that than <laughs> drive into the city and have a free banana a day or something, you know, like. <laughs> so I totally. think, I think, but it'll be interesting to see how this, whether it continues because we're yeah. all creatures of habit and so I think that's one of the things for like your listeners to maybe like, you know, get your diary for next year is actually in your three months and your quarterly, um, like catch up with yourself if you're a small business or with your team members is actually go, okay, are we taking the lessons that we took from COVID? Are we still doing that? Or have mm. we just slipped back into slipped being back a cafe that's open from seven till six at night and, you know, team staff on and, you know, kind of gone back to the old ways. Um, because it's too easy to slip back to the ways of working how we used to. Totally, totally. Mm. And um, yeah. you you more recently started working in the, the real estate space, right? So talk to me a little bit about uh, what, you know, what are the challenges that people are facing in that space and, uh, and how are they adjusting to... Uh, well it's a bit of a nightmare really because real (laughs) estate's really face-to-face right you know open homes um Mm -hmm. door knocking dropping off leaflets um on-site auctions like everything just got Mm. you know wiped off and yet the property Um, market here anyway um i don't know about internationally but certainly here and locally it just kept fucking going like it just relentlessly kept growing uh even when they couldn't sell there were people desperately trying to buy houses and it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The North Shore increased um, 28% um, price-wise. So, um, and that's the average price, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was, um, it was, it was an interesting, t- well, it has been an interesting time. And it's really lucky that um, I work for a team and I do their social media and marketing for the team. Um, and so I became very valuable. <laughs> Before I was a nice to have, and then I became very valuable because, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I was just putting stuff out like two or three times a day. That was more about, hey, um, we've got this property. If you want to do a virtual viewing of it, that's fine. And mm -hmm. so we took all our open homes to virtual viewings. Right. Um, luckily, we've done really good marketing of them. So we had really good videos. And then we had given our team um, lead to um, do like a live. And then we played the video and he talked everyone through it. And then you could jump on and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And we made it really um, social for our community. So it was like, make yourself some pancakes, sit in your jammies and watch this, you know, yeah. instead of being real sort of... Proper um, auctions, right, you know, with popcorn and you can sit there and... <laughs> yeah. And so our auction viewings have gone from about 1,200 online, people watching them online, to about four and a half, five thousand 5,000 people now. So wow. actually people are jumping on and watching them like mm -hmm. a movie. Um, and the... Where, um, the auction clearance rate pre-COVID was about 67, 70%. During lockdown, our clearance rate was um, between 90 and 100%. So I actually think that, you know, people used to say, oh, well, we need to have everyone on site and create all that pressure and, mm -hmm. you know, it creates that buying pressure and people are, are rallying higher. But it wasn't until we were forced to not do that that we actually saw that the online auction system is creating better results and a better clearance. More houses are selling. We had between three and eight people bidding on each property at Harcourts Cooper & Co. over this period. Um, and I feel that Kiwis in general are quite private people and to put your hand up at an auction is quite it's visual good. and yeah. quite scary. Yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. can see what you're bidding to. We're but totally if you're online, agree. you're with an individual agent who's coaching you and counseling you and saying, look, you don't have to go a thousand. You don't have to drop a five thousand. Why don't we just put a thousand in, you know, or five hundred or whatever. And so I think that coaching and counseling individually with each buyer has actually driven um, the pricing to be higher, you know, and, and getting better profit for the for the vendors. So that's a great example of where we never would have been forced into that position if COVID hadn't happened. Didn't happen, yeah. And, and here's a better way of working. Um, so what about the way that they've had to promote properties and things? Like I'd imagine you were saying before, it's largely, you know, open home driven, right? So, and, mm -hmm. and I know a few agents, they'll have an open home and they'll have flyers for similar properties that are on the books and say, you know, if you look at this one, go and have a look at that one. And, you know, there's a lot of driving of that foot traffic. So how, how did people have to adapt? And what are some of the um, tactics that, that agents have been using successfully more recently? Yeah, so um, we it's a great question. And we had to like kind of really go, right, what are we going to do? So we um, went through our database and one of the guys on our team actually called the whole database, thousands and thousands of people um, over Individual calls. the lockdown. Wow over the lockdown period so there was a lot of like manual you know just mm -hmm. get stuck in and get it done and then there was other things like yeah. um like social media posts newsletters more frequent newsletters and they weren't just um the usual spammy stuff that's like oh we've got this property for sale do you want to come have a look like i did things like um what we did in the last 10 days in lockdown you know 45 runs this 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 you know and some real funny mm -hmm. stuff like 10 pizzas eaten four levels of the latest gaming thing achieved, you know, nine sleepers, <laughs> that kind of stuff as well. So we created a bit more um, reason for people to open yeah. the emails. And then obviously we started with Otterfish, 
um, to actually drive people to do an online appraisal because prices were going up so great. A lot of people didn't know what their properties were worth. And mm -hmm. so instead of it being something that was like, oh, we'll sit down with you and like really formal, then you kind of feel obliged to sell your house with them because, you know, they've gone through all this effort. We um, have made an online appraisal form. We've sent an ad to that um, and people can just fill it out. And then we come back to them within 24 hours and say, look, this is what we think it is valued at. Um, and this is on today's market. If you want to have a, formal appraisal then give us a call and a lot of people just want to know where they're at mm -hmm. and then can go from there so we've kind of provided quite a few um i guess touch points for people to be able to engage with us um and then obviously we've done some clever ads and a few um things to push out auctions and um online and then when we went into level three we could do private viewings and so private viewings were really really good we just encouraged people to book in with us mm -hmm. and if they're booking in with us we found again a better system because they're not just tire fickers they're not just mm -hmm. like oh we grabbed a coffee and we saw your open home place so we thought we'd come for no again right yeah they've booked an yeah. appointment they've taken the time to set it up it's uh yeah more of a commitment. yeah so i think that's um how we've really um Kind of adapted and now as i said before um we're going to take these learnings and actually keep going with mm. a lot of those learnings and yeah. then now you know the boys are out door knocking now but the people will have already seen all of our ads all of our social media um a lot of our interaction and and you know they say it's six to seven touch points before someone will purchase something but some literature mm -hmm. says it's 21 you know so um the more the merrier. It's a crazy, the more yeah, it's a crazy new world that we live in, you know. We've got so much information available so easily that we do. I think we spend longer trying to figure out, you know, especially those big decisions like buying a house. Um, but it's mm. interesting, you know, you talked a little bit more about bringing in a bit more personality into your social media and, and um, trying to earn the right to have a conversation mm. with someone. I think that's a really important one for a lot of businesses right now, uh, you know, people who don't have a who didn't really have a strong social media strategy maybe they you know took a photo of something that was going on and chucked it up and didn't really care too much and just felt like they had to say something on Facebook because everybody's on Facebook yeah <clears throat> I think this concept of, of earning the right to have a conversation like how do I uh, how do I do it in a physical world and how does that translate into a digital world right like you, you don't walk into a bar and go hey everybody I sell toothbrushes you know does anyone want to buy one and then nobody <laughs> after you you know, dodge all the shit that gets thrown at you, you walk out and go into the next bar. Well, it just doesn't work like that. So um, social media, yeah. you know, you see it all the time, right? You see these brands pop up and they're just, buy off me, I've got this great product. And it's like, fuck off. You don't, I don't even know who you are. Stop hassling me. Um, so there's yeah. this very much this need to kind of earn the right to have that conversation like you would at a social gathering. You talk to somebody, get to know them, you know, find some mutual points of interest, build a relationship, mm. and then you might go down the whole, you know, is there some opportunity we can explore here? And I think that's a, a really clever social media take home, which it sounds like is happening in the real estate play, uh, environment right now. Yeah, it should be entertainment. You know, people lie on the couch flipping through Facebook not to buy a house, right? They mm -hmm. are there to pretty much avoid everyone else in the room <laughs> and absorb themselves in Facebook. Yeah. Um, the algorithm's plugged into their, you know, base of their s spinal column and, yeah. And one of the, one of the, when I was um, sales coaching 
I used to coach female entrepreneurs in sales coaching. And I'd love everyone that was listening to this to think about it when they sit down and write their social media. So so many people think because it's written, you know, we've all been taught because you're typing it, because you're writing it, it needs to be formal. Mm-hmm. And so there's always this like our newsletters need to look like formal newsletters and like and in reality, the more pictures you stick in and the more formalness, the more people delete it. If you just write like three lines, like I would be sending an email to you, yep, we're ready to go. People will understand that, open that more. But um, when, when you're sitting down and writing your social media, think about this. So I'm standing in the line at Starbucks, you're standing in the line at Starbucks and um, there's this person in front of you who's really, really overweight, like super fat. And you tap them on the shoulder and you go, hey, I sell diet. I noticed you're really fat. I sell diet pills. Would you like to buy some? Right? No. Yeah, you of course you'd say that. Ever, like that would just yeah. go down like a ton of, like a cup of cold sick, right? Yeah. But if you, if you were standing there and you saw this person who's like really, really overweight and thinking, oh my God, I hope she does not order a frappuccino with cream on top because she ain't needing that cream, mm-hmm. Right. You could stand there and um, and then just start a conversation. Hey, what are you ordering today? I can't decide what I'm going to order. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to order an iced blah, blah with trim milk. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's actually a really good way. Why are you getting it with trim milk? And, and the really large person says, well, actually, I'm on a weight loss journey at the moment. I'm trying to lose weight, so I'm not having full-fat milk and I'm not having cream. Oh, really? Oh, where did you start? Oh, well, I've lost 20 kgs already. Oh, amazing. What have you been doing? I've just been counting calories. Oh, wow. Well, you know, like, how's that been going? Oh, really good. But now I've hit mm-hmm. a plateau and I can't go any further. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to be the same. I, you know, and now I use these pills and they're amazing, right? They're so good, so easy. So you keep the same calories. You're doing great not having the cream, not having full fat milk. And you just pop one of these pills each day and it helps to, like, take you to the next level. And this like really overweight person who you thought was actually not doing anything, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, where do I buy them? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's so yeah, that's seeking to understand I, and, and, and yeah. earning that right. Yeah. 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 And often um, online, the exchanges, people think I should put a, a sign out that says this is for sale and people will come and say, I want to buy. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not it, like you can see from that example I just gave is there's a lot more conversation backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards that you have to have with someone before they're ready to even think about purchasing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Messenger, with DMs, with comments on posts, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't just leave them hanging there. Like, comment back, comment back. It's not overdoing it. It's having a conversation. It's making a connection. This is, how we, this is how we build relationships in, in 2021 slash almost 22. Yeah, and so many people just don't see it as an actual person on the end of their phone, right? Mm. And and you've got to realize that you're speaking to one person when they're looking on social media. They are just looking at their phone, sometimes their laptop, but most of the time it's their phone on the couch. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to be spoken to? Really formally? No. You know, you want to speak to that individual um, like you would a friend. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I think that's... that's A really, really uh, important takeaway is to uh, is to be social on social media and, uh, and and use it as a tool to to build a network. You know, if if, if you had a bricks and mortar store and you um, you know you had 
uh, you had the opportunity to drive 5,000 people past the front door of your store, you would take that opportunity in a heartbeat. And that's the opportunity that social media presents, but you wouldn't uh, just rush out and try and, you know, buy, 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 buy. You would try and encourage those 5,000 people to engage with you first and understand who they are and what their needs and goals are and who you are and what your needs and goals are and start to understand each other before you even know whether or not you should be having the right conversation. Like, you know, to use your example before, you know, once you start understanding that person and figuring out what sort of a journey they're on, you start to get some insight around, oh, hang on, maybe this person actually knows more about this than me or maybe they're already using another product and I understand the conversation I can have with them now. So you're totally right. Um, and I, I really think it's important for businesses. I think there's a lot of a lot of new businesses in the world right now. A lot of people uh, started a side hustle during COVID or pivoted mm-hmm. their business to an online model and are having to figure out social media and how they actually cut through. And now the entire world is focused on it. You know, platforms like Facebook are becoming mm-hmm. really expensive to advertise on. And so having a, a good organic strategy where you're actually building a community of like-minded people around your yeah. brand or your product is so important it's very hard to do but it's it's the only way i think you can you can truly win on social yeah yeah and i think the other thing that people um want is it to be instantly big you know oh i only have 100 followers on um instagram or i only have 500 people liking my page well that's if you think about those 500 individual people in your cafe or your shop they wouldn't fit right actually a lot of people Mm -hmm. that you're talking to so don't compare yourself to the kardashians and the footballers and you know in those kind of massive accounts um because the reality is if you tried to squish everyone that follows you on social media in a rugby field you know you would have the whole field full so (laughs) just keep it in mind that you know that actually you've got a lot of people following you and a yeah. lot of um and just because i haven't people... liked your page doesn't mean they're not into in, interacting with your your stuff and <clears throat> excuse me it kind of comes down to that 80 20 rule right like understanding who the 20 percent of your audience are that are driving the 80 percent of your business results and, and getting to know them really really well like i talk about engagement and everybody throws that word around like like it's some kind of miracle but to me that's the important part is you know um have a look at how engaged a person's audience is around their content and that'll give mm. you an, an under, better understanding of how much of an impact their content's having on other people's lives rather than just the number of followers like i can go out and buy ten thousand instagram followers oh, in okay. about 10 minutes time right and tomorrow tomorrow i'll have ten thousand followers but they don't mean a pinch of shit and i'm not going to get any an, an additional like tomorrow just because ten thousand people my number changed right so you know, in my mind, it's better to have 50 followers and 49 of them are liking and engaged and interested in your product or service than having 20,000 in the same 49. Uh, it doesn't make any exactly. sense to, to yeah. try and have that. And so it's about culturing and, and building that community, right? Yeah, and it's about knowing your people. So, like, we go to Takapuna Beach Cafe and it's been closed, well, takeaways for ages you know and they're finally open again and all the staff are back and I you know rock rock up sit down and they're like long black I'm like yep you know they just remember all of our orders they remember everything about us and they don't have to go and find a whole you know 10,000 people every day because Mm -hmm. we go there Monday Wednesday Friday they have the cycling group Monday Wednesday Friday you know they have all these regulars that Mm -hmm. are um 
are really easy to, to keep mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's about taking what you used to have in person and extrapolating that onto into online, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so we probably should start thinking about wrapping this thing up. We've been going, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. Uh, I typically ask, what are the three things you're into right now? And it's a totally open question. might be sort of three things you think uh, businesses should be thinking about now or just three things you're personally into or a combination of, of both. But, yeah, Penny Elliott, what are three things you're into right now? Three things I'm into right now. Well, number one is I'm going for my bikini competition. It's been cancelled or postponed twice now. So I have my super fancy bikini in my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So how <laughs> hard so, is it with um, with the, the changes and everything to keep your mindset and, you know, stay on track and keep the, the regimen going as it just keeps getting pushed out? Um, the first time when it got pushed out, um, I was quite pissed off. Um, Straight to Macca's? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite a fiery character, so I was like, "How dare they!" Um, but I'd only just started, and I'd gone from like this stick insect Bambi. I call myself Bambi because I look so skinny compared to all the other girls, and um, I hadn't really put on any muscle mass. So I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I've got like another 14 weeks to build some bigger muscle mass, and and okay." Um, the second time it happened, um, I will admit, I spat the dummy um, and I went straight up the road. I said, Josh, get in your buggy. We're going. <laughs> and I walked up the road and I bought a bottle of wine, a pizza, some chips. <laughs> and, and I was like, fuck it. I'm eating it all. Um, and then I took like, um, the gyms were closed. Everything was closed. I was at home with Josh on my own, trying to, you know, work cope with this whole COVID lockdown thing and trying to get all my hours done and so I just went nah I'm I'm just not doing this you know I'm committing to an hour's cardio a day and that's it and then after about six weeks um it was coming back to that why which is sort of what we started with in this interview was I um Mm. I really don't want to be that scrawny little old lady you know hunched over that's done like 500 marathons and 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 (laughs) yucky you know and so I the reason why I wanted to get into body sculpting as well because I'm vain to start with I mean we all have to admit that but secondly was because I wanted to change my diet to be more structured around my age and supporting muscle growth um, instead of that slow you know decline that you get once you get past a certain age um And I mean, it's the same within martial arts, right? It's like trying to keep that that structure. Um, and so I just thought, no, I'm going to get back into this. And I bought some weights and um, been doing some home stuff. But I, I, I sort of made a bit of a change. I decided that I wasn't going to be like in it to win it. I'm in it mm-hmm. to do to do Your it best. now. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So that was my mindset, mind um, change. And so therefore you can see that like, not everyone's perfect, right? Like I yeah. fully spat the dummy. Like I was so hungover the next day and I did not care. <laughs> and I love that pizza. Um, so yeah, but you know, back on it. And I think that that's really important that everyone understands that in business and in personal life is that the people who succeed haven't just gone straight up to the to the success line. You know, their line has gone like this the whole way yeah, through. And they've had doubt. The the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to rally and figure um, out. It's interesting you say, you know, reset your, 
you know, go back to your why and then reset the goal or, or reset your mind so that you can take the pressure off and take the expectation off. Or maybe, uh, and I'm sure a lot of businesses can relate to this, pivot to your circumstances that are impacting the the, the problem that you might be having or the, the challenge that you're facing. And then, you know, the, the ability that, you've, that you're talking about to just be able to go, okay, I'm just going to reset how I think and completely reset and how I think and approach this so that I can find that motivation and that why again to, to as you say, you know, get back mm. in the ring or, or whatever it might look like. Yeah, and a massive one, especially for people who are listening to this, you know, as the year changes over, generally we always in business talk about financial goals, right? That's a real easy measure mm-hmm. of success. Did we do better than last year? What sort of growth are we in? Well, you know, unless you were in digital marketing that went gangbusters or NFT development mm-hmm. or something like that that went gangbusters, your mm-hmm. figures are more than likely going to be less than last year, which was like less than the year before, right? And that's going mm-hmm. to be really hard for you to stomach looking at that because you'll think, shit, I'm going backwards. So um, mm-hmm. it's probably really good to have different parameters that you can that are comparable. So you're comparing apples to apples, like staff satisfaction, how many people have we kept on? Um, you know, that try and find those parameters. I've coached athletes before and they're like I want to do a three-hour marathon and um if they do like like I've done 305 in Berlin and I was like "Mm, Jesus I really wanted to go under three Mm -hmm. but 305 is still bloody impressive (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't you know and I didn't pin my um so when you're doing a sports thing it's so easy to say oh look I want this time but what happens if there's loads of people in front of you? You get a flat tire, something, you know, just something there's out of your control. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's really important to have like maybe five goals so that you can say, well, I didn't hit the time, but I did get my nutrition right. I did get down to the race weight that I wanted. I did start in the right position, you know, like there's all these totally. other things that can mm-hmm. go well that can say that that was a successful year and it's the same in business. So. Don't just hang your success on your financial gains or losses. Mm. Okay, so yeah. we probably dived went right into a rabbit hole there with number one. Yeah. <laughs> what are the other two? Um, so number two um, that I'm working on at the moment is really um, getting all my clients' um, engagement up in social media. And we've already talked a lot about this and being mm-hmm social and trying to get that real mix so that people um, know us from online and so now that we're going back out again they know everyone um, and really looking at the parameters of what's working and what's not working and doing Mm -hmm. more of what is working it's really easy to get stuck in the trap of oh I should do this I have to do that when um, you have to do what works and if that's you know like I've I've had Facebook ads before and they <laughs> I had all these like really beautiful photos taken of me in London and I wanted to use them for my ads and la 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 and the one that worked the best was a um, bulldog driving a jet boat I was like mm-hmm. uh, has that got anything to do with my brand no but you've got to do what works you know and so letting go of yeah that, it's amazing that I mean, we're doing a lot of that with Otterfish at the moment testing different you know, uh, mm. different creatives. And, and I'm always surprised. I mean, we turned it into a bit of an in-house game, right? So there was one we did last week. Uh, I wanted to find out which was the cheapest place in the world for us to buy traffic. So I tested uh, yeah. Sydney versus Hawaii versus uh, Toronto. So I picked three cities based on a bit of research and, and, and stuff that I'd done to, to sort of identify three 
that I thought were good to, to test. And we already had Auckland or New Zealand data. So I'm like, okay, if, if this is what we're kind of paying for traffic in New Zealand, what are we paying for traffic in these other locations? And so we, we built this test and we had this race to see which, you know, and so I turned it into a game. And it, it was really interesting because every time you test and measure and learn a little bit, you, you're informed for the next one. So I think that's a, that's a really important point as well, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So engagement on social is a big one. Number yep. three. And number three um, was, well, it's Otterfish and using Otterfish, but you said that I wasn't allowed to like blatantly well, promote Otterfish, which I think everyone's It's not supposed to be an infomercial, but yeah, you're welcome to talk a little bit about it if, you, if, it's, if it's authentic. By my toothbrush. By my toothbrush, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I used to coach female entrepreneurs and um, to grow their business online. And obviously Facebook ads was a huge component of that. And I had Facebook mm-hmm. ad experts and everything in my group training people, but the changes that happen on the ad manager platform, business manager platform, it was just um, ever evolving and so hard to keep up with mm-hmm. while you're trying to do all the all other the things things. things in your business as well. Totally. And so when um, Otterfish came across my path Gavin said mm-hmm. to have a look at this I jumped into it and I was like oh my goodness this just makes it so ridiculously easy and so therefore mm-hmm. there really isn't any excuse why small businesses can't do ads when they have a platform like Otterfish and then, you know you don't have to start with this huge marketing budget no. um, and you don't have to pay an ad specialist two and a half thousand US dollars a month to run mm-hmm. your ads um, you can actually do it yourself. And I just thought this is uh, revolutionary and groundbreaking. And I wish that I'd had that for my clients mm-hmm. or my my girls that I was coaching, um, you know, in the last four or five years. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I need to get better at social, yes, you need to do posts on Instagram and Facebook, but you also help grow the algorithm and grow your like attraction by mm-hmm. having ads. And that doesn't mean that you need to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but um, well, Otterfish kind of, just makes it so easy. Yeah, it's kind of the beauty of the platform. One of the things I love about it is, A, it takes about the same amount of time to run a really fairly complicated multivariate test as it does to just mm. post on social. So it's a, it's a five-minute job on Otterfish to do something that would otherwise be very, very complicated and, and take a lot of time and resource. But it's the ability to test, right? So you can you can go, okay, what's the, the next campaign? What's our value proposition? Is it, you know, buy for Christmas? Is it 20% off? Or is it, you know, the number one product in our market? Or whatever your three sort of value props are. You can spend 50 bucks, test them into real people, get real data in sort of 24 hours and go, oh, that's the one that everybody seems to be responding to best. So that's the one we'll run with our campaign. So, yeah, and it's it's, it's five and minutes. That, that in itself, regardless of Otterfish, is really, really key for your listeners to understand. Mm. It's not what discount you want to give. It's what people will react to. Yeah, the consumer right? in charge, right? So. Mm. Yes. So you might think, oh, we can afford to do a 20% off discount this weekend. But people might not want discount, right? They yeah. might want um, a free coffee with with their breakfast. They might perceive that as better value than 20% off. Mm-hmm. Or 
you know, buy one, get, uh, get to sit in the front front seat of the cafe or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, you know, or free knitting needles with your wool or, you know, whatever it might be. Test those three things out. Don't just sit there and think, this is what I want to do this week because mm-hmm. that's not going to wash with um, consumers anymore. And the great thing about Otterfish is instead of, um, you know, putting printing all the 20% off and like trying to promote it and put it all up on your window and all over your banners on Facebook and everything and all this sort of stuff, which has probably cost you more than $50 in your time anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it flop. And you're like, well, hang on a moment. I offered you 20% off. You can do the test, like you said, and mm-hmm. um, on Otterfish for $50 and they tell you. Yeah. Easy. They tell you and you go, okay, that's the one that, that everyone's responding to. That's the one I'll spend my money on. I mean, you know, we even yeah. did it with the name. So Otterfish, the name for the for the software was a test. That was our first test. So we had, I think it was seven different names with all the different shareholders in on the board. We're all like, oh, I want to call it this and I want to call it that and had all these different names that, that came up. And so we just ran a test and Otterfish was yeah. a standout winner. So the product became Otterfish. And, and uh, who would have ever thought it would be called Otterfish? Yeah. And we've, we've actually even got uh, influencers and stuff now testing their content. So they'll put up, you know, you talk about this perfect image, right? Like the, the influencers talk about spending a whole day to get one image um, to post on their social media. Yeah. Well, we're seeing influencers now um, using whether it's a, a branded content sort of partnership or whether it's just their own organic stuff, but they'll just do a little bit of testing. So they'll pick an audience. I'll, they'll, they'll test two or three different images, push it in and see which one gets the most engagement and then they'll post that organically and promote that organically. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting um, strategy, I think, to, to sort of test, measure, learn, adjust and now it's really easy to do. Yeah, and I think in the past um, people used to think that Facebook ads were for like Bluebird Foods or, you know, anchor products, you know, like really big products. And Mm -hmm. because we're only small, we can't go into that market yet. We just use word of mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. There's such a Kiwi way of thinking about things. Mm -hmm. But actually, you can go into that market Mm -hmm. and using Otterfish is like a way that makes it super simple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So those are your three things. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I think... uh, Apart from the battering infomercial about Otterfish, and we didn't mean to do that, but we kind of got stuck in it. And it's hard when you're passionate about something to, to stop talking about it. Um, but yeah, no, the other so one much. was go. The other one was going to be crypto, and then that is just oh, a whole rabbit. That's probably our next podcast, Penny. We can go down the crypto <laughs> NFT thing because we're right into that buzz at, at, at the moment as well, as I think everybody is. Uh, in fact, yeah. I've got some interesting guests coming up on the podcast in the not too distant future that we uh, we go pretty deep on that stuff. So yeah, we're we're, we're pretty into Exciting. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, I was just going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming and joining me on the podcast today and sharing your insight and your energy with uh, with our listeners and viewers. Those of you who are watching, hello. Um, and all I think hopefully everybody has been able to absorb a little bit of the penergy that they're getting through their <laughs> medium, whether it's their eyes or their ears, that they're absorbing it and uh, they're reset, resetting their mindset to go and smash out today. Uh, so thank you so yeah. much, Penny. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and uh, let's do this again. Yes, definitely. Sounds good. And um, yeah, I just want to wish everyone um, like a really good year next year. Whatever that brings, don't just hang it on totally. one thing and know that you can be adaptable and still be successful. So yeah, yeah. go for it. Awesome. 
Thanks, everybody. See you next time.